0: i have got a great message for you. It's called the God of dreams. There's a verse in Genesis 15 that starts like this. This is from the voice version. It says, one day, the word of the eternal one came to Abram through a vision, a kind of walking dream. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am always with you, your shield and your protector. Your reward for loyalty and trust will be immense. Oh man, before we even carry on today, I want to let you know, maybe you're in a season where you're feeling a bit afraid. Well, God says to us in this verse, do not be afraid. I am with you. I will be your shield. What is he saying? I will protect you and I will be your reward. You know what? I reckon the best reward in life is that we have a relationship with him. It goes on to say, what could you possibly give me that would make that much of a difference in my life? After all, I am still childless, and Elisa of Damascus stands to inherit all I own. Since you have not given me the gift of children, my only heir will be one of the servants born in my household. Immediately the word of the Eternal One came to him and said, No, Abraham, this man will not be your heir. no one but your very own child, uh, will be an a, a ear for you. I've I got to stop again. I want to let you know, we see Abraham doing something. He knows he's been called, but then he starts to make excuses and reasons for the things in his life not happening. And God stops him very quickly and says, hey, let's not get into that. If I've made a promise, I'm going to make the promise happen. We're going to bring you back to the promise that's upon your life. God took him outside to show him something. He said, Look up at the stars and try and count them. Count them all if you can. There are too many to count. Your descendants will be as many as the stars. I'm pretty excited about this verse. I've got to stop again. I love this verse because it's kind of like God takes him outside and he says, Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to look up and I want you to count the stars if you can. And then I reckon there's a dramatic pause and he sees Abram going, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thousand, thousand, and one. And he waits for a while before he says, there's too many for you to count. Your descendants will be as many as the stars. Do you know what God says about the prayers on our lives? Is what God wants to do is bigger than you can count. Doesn't matter how far you try to, God wants to do something amazing in us. And Abraham believed God and trusted in his promise. So God counted it as favor, as righteousness. I am the eternal one. Remember, I am the one who brought you uh, from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to give you this land to possess and pass on to your descendants. God wants us to dream big. He wants us to see beyond what we've ever seen. And he wants to let us know that we shouldn't limit what's happened. We shouldn't have excuses for what's happened. In fact, God wants us to know that even if we try to work out how big this dream is, it's bigger than that, that what God wants to do through us. It's like God saying, as I am the God of dreams, I've done it before and I'll do it again. A few years ago, I was helping someone move into a new flat. So we went and got all of the gear and we put it in the wagon and then we drove over to the new flat and we got all of the stuff out and we put it in the room. And, you know, then there's that awkward part where people are kind of arranging things. So I just went and stood in the lounge. I was talking to the owner of the flat and we're talking and asking how long had they'd been there and a bunch of different things. And there was this amazing piano sitting in the lounge. I said, Oh, that's a cool looking piano. And the owner of the house said to me, um, When we moved the piano here, it used to work, but it's never worked since we moved here. And I thought, that sounds really weird. I felt like this amazing piano should work. Now I thought to myself, I think when they move pianos, they lock them. There's a mechanism in them, they can lock them, but I had no idea how to unlock it. So I said to the owner of the house, could I have a play around with it to see if I could fix it? If I could do something. Uh, to see if it's locked, because I think maybe that would that's what's happened. Uh, she looked at me and she goes, oh, sure, go for it. And then I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so I opened up the top and I put my hand in and I rummaged around a little bit. And then I looked around the back and I, I went to a few dis- different spots. And when I ran out of all of the ideas that I had, we went to Google. We Googled it and found out that there's a spot. Then we, 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 we flicked the switch and then all of a sudden, this piano that had been locked for a few years, now all of a sudden was unlocked. Do you know that that piano, for two years, had been the biggest ornament in the house? It had frames on it with pictures in them, it had had a few pot plants on it. I think at times it was used as a laundry place to dry the laundry. The beautiful piano, because it was locked, was not an instrument, but an ornament. And as I read this verse, even though Abraham had an amazing plan in his life, because of things that had happened, he'd become an ornament rather than an instrument. And I've got great news for you, church, is that God wants to unlock you. I know you're a pretty good looking ornament, but God wants us to be an instrument, and He wants to unlock us today. See, Abraham had purpose, he had a call, he had a call to greatness but he was currently locked. He was praying for a son and God is saying, lift up your eyes. I want to give you so much more. And he's saying, but a son would be fine. And he says, no, I want you to lift up your eyes because I want to bless you. And as this through you as well, we need to take you from an ornament to an instrument. He wanted to give a generational influence through Abraham. He wanted to bring multiplication, not just adding. Uh, He wanted to give so much that he could not count what God was going to do through him. Like the stars of the sky, you could not count your offspring or the sand on the seashore. If you could count those things, then you could count what God's about to do. He says, come out of your tent. Come out of your limit. Come out of the thing that's holding you, locking you as an ornament when you should be an instrument. Come out of your limit. Your vision is about to go sky high. I want to say to you today whether it's your first time you've been on here or whether you've come along and joined us a whole lot of times, I want to let you know I want you to dream. I want you to dream. I want you to dream. Number one, if you're taking notes today, is do not fear. I'm the God of dreams. God says, I'm your strength. I'm your courage. I'm your health. I'm your hope. I'm your supplier. I'm your defender. I'm your deliverer. I'm your forgiveness. I'm your joy. And I'm your future. Dream. God wants to be your shield and great reward. Do not be afraid. Do you know that fear is... The opposite to faith, and we need faith to dream. So, therefore, fear is our opposition if we want to dream. I'm going to tell you today, dream. So, therefore, you've got to overcome that fear in your life. When we're depressed or we're anxious or we're hurt, what makes us lose sight of our dreams? The enemy throws these things at us as an antidote to your dream. Because if it can get you to fear, You take your eyes off the dream and you put them on the circumstance. And God says, don't fear. Again and again, God says, don't fear. I want to be your shield and your very great reward. If you're fearing here today, if you've got things that are taking your attention off the dream that God has in store for you, God says, I'll be your shield. That's a pretty great shield. He says, do not be afraid. I'm the God of dreams. We need to dream. Abraham had a dream. Isaac had a dream. Jacob had a dream. Joseph had a dream. Moses had a dream. When we call, uh, when God calls people, he gives them dreams and he's calling us and he wants you to dream. He says, I am the God of Abraham. And Isaac and Jacob and in fact in Exodus three and five it says, "Do not come any closer," God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then He said, "I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob." And at this Moses Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said. I have indeed seen the misery of the people of Egypt and I've heard them crying out because of the slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them and bring them up out of the land into the good and spacious land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Sounds like the Waikato. We've got bees and we've got cows. Milk and honey, just in case you didn't know. See, God says, I've called your ancestors to dream, and now I'm calling you to dream as well. In the, uh, uh, I'm the God of dreams. I've done it before, and I will do it again. From the time of Abram Mo- to Moses, there have been famines, there have been storms, there's been sicknesses, and there's been nations overthrown, and God saying, I'm going to call you, and I'm going to call you through a dream. The second point today is that God wants us to look up. He takes him out of his tent and he says, Look up. What do you need to come out from under? What's the thing that's capping your vision at the moment? We need to go out and we need to look to God. He says, uh, Look towards the heavens. Someone has said, uh, has well said, when the outlook is bleak, Try an up look. Abram had been looking around trying to solve his problems, but the answer lay in looking up. Whether Abram looked down at the sand or up at the stars, God gave him a dream in both places. I love that. He says, If you can count the stars, look up. And if you're looking down, if you can count the sand, I've also got that much in store for you. Wherever you're looking, find God in it. He says, I want you to come out of your tent. Well, what's my tent? What's the thing that caps my vision? What keeps me inside? What keeps me as an ornament rather than an instrument, locked rather than unlocked? He says, come out of your tent of disappointment. Come out of your tent of disbelief. Come out of your tent of lack. Come out of your tent of fear. The tent of isolation and insecurity come out of those things. Do you know what happens when fear comes on us? Sometimes we tend to tent there, but we're never meant to stay there. A tent is something that is temporary, and God wants us to build on the foundation of permanent. So what's your tent? For some of us, something's happened in the past. I'm so sorry that that happened to you, but don't tent there. Don't be an ornament there. A really good-looking ornament, but don't be an ornament there. Come into the instrument that God has called you to be and start to dream. Because of a shift or a move, because of a storm or a fight, we set up these tents, but God says, this is only temporary, guys. Right now in our world, this is only temporary, guys. God wants us to build a foundation of hope and dreams upon him. Stars, according to the recent finding, the number of stars in the universe totals approximately 10 to the 23rd power, and a number that also approximates the sum of grains of the sand on the seashores. Now, I've got to tell you, that number is too big for my brain to understand, but what God's saying is the amount of stars there are in the sand on the seashore, that's how many our dreams God has store for us. That's the bigness of what God wants to do th- through us. So don't be locked. Don't live in a tent. It's time for us to come out and see God to do something amazing. Number three is take a risk. It says this in Mark 11. As they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethage, uh, in Bethany at a place of olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever written. written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and he will send it back here shortly. They went and found the colt outside of the street and tied, tied at a doorway, and they untied it. Some people standing there asked, what are you doing, untying the colt? And they answered, as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. And then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw uh, their cloaks over it. He sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread branches out that they had cut in the fields. And those who went ahead of him uh, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. Blessed are he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming king of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. You're like, Steve, what are you doing? Like, that's. Very different than what we've been talking about. Take a risk. Jesus came on the back of an untried dream. The donkey had been currently restricted, it had never been outworked. It was a locked dream. And God said, Jesus is going to come as the Savior on this instrument. You might have things you've been thinking of. Take a risk. I think it could be part of the dream that God has in store for you. This cult had never been required. It had never been ridden. It was untied and untried. It was an untried dream and potential. And God says that he wants to come and ride on that dream in you, that potential in us. So now untied that purpose. Now that call was unlocked and here today I want to encourage you it's time for us to unlock and untie those things that keep us as an ornament rather than an instrument that Jesus can ride on. You know what I thought why would Jesus come on a donkey? I mean, I'd come on a horse or a or a camel or an elephant or something really great. But do you know in history if a king came on a horse it was because he was coming for war but if a king came on a donkey It meant he came in peace. And God wants to unlock you and bring peace to this world. I reckon that's a beautiful, beautiful scene. Because Jesus uh, wanted to use something untried, something that brought peace, something that brought unity. People shouted Hosanna. You know what? There's something in you that's going to change the environment of your workplace. It's going to change the environment of your creativity. It's going to change the environment of your home, your families, communities, schools. Because you know what? Dreams with God have a habit of coming true. Are you locked today? I want to take a moment to pray for you. If you're here today and you say, Hey, Steve, I need Jesus. I got to tell you, he's not coming as a king to overthrow you, but he's coming as a prince of peace to give you peace in your life. And hope for your future, if you're here today and you're feeling locked, I want to pray that God would unlock that amazing ornament that you are, and He wants to make you an incredible instrument that would change our planet. See, Jesus doesn't come as a conquering king; he comes as a prince of peace for us today. Maybe fear has overwhelmed you and you've made a tent. Come on, it's time for us to get out of that temporary place. It start to build on the eternal. We're going to pray. Mighty God, we thank you that you're here. <clears throat> we thank you that you're hope, and we thank you that you're our shield and our very great reward, and we need you. There's some of us, Lord, that have been living in tents, tents of fear and insecurity. Our past has got hold of us, but today we want to come out, and we want to look up and see you, and we want to look around, and we want to see the promise and the dream that you have in store for us today, help us to dream, God. Help us to dream. Dream. God will make your dreams come true. So we pray today that dreams would be revived. We pray that dreams would come alive. Untested dreams would be ridden on so that something amazing would be able to happen in our community, in our world, because of the dream that you would come on. We thank you, God, that you are our hope. And we put fear to the side and we pick up, Lord, your dream, because that's what you have in store for us. And if you're here today, it doesn't matter wherever you are. You might be sitting on this on a beach. You might be sitting in your lounge room. You might be driving in your car listening to this. If you need Jesus, I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'd love you to repeat it after me. Why don't you just take a moment. You're saying, I need Jesus. I need to get myself right with him today. If that's you, he's coming as a Prince of Peace. Would you accept him today in your life? Repeat after me. Mighty God, I thank you that you see me. I need you. I need your hope. I need your love. I need your grace. I'm sorry for how I've mucked up. But today, I want to get right with you. I thank you that you are my Lord and Saviour that you are my shield and my very great reward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing. So great to be with you today.